0: Hello, Hi, Eli. how are you doing, everybody? Hello, Mac. Hello. Oh. Let's start that again, Mac, and I'll wait for you to say hello to me. Nah, we can just cut it back in. Why? Okay. <laughs> um, One more time from the top.
1: Let's just do it. Let's right, just fine, do it
0: fine. Okay. From
1: Press Red, welcome to Functions. This is episode two. My name is Mac Blackman, and I'm joined by Eli Chure. Hello, Eli. Hello, Mac. So, I it's been like a couple of weeks since our last episode and I've just wanted to do this episode so much again. I did, uh, yeah. And I've been taking so many notes with this page. There is a lot of notes, a lot more than last time. <laughs> uh I don't know if we're going to be able to do all the uh, stuff. Probably not. But uh I want to start off with a topic that I've, I've been obsessed with for a while. You know, when the Kindle okay. came out,
0: yeah. I remember I was one of the first people in line for that. Yeah.
1: I loved the Kindle technology, and yet when it, when I actually got one, I have one like uh, sat next to me. It is not that good. Really? I don't think it, it does the job, I guess. It, it, it allows you to read, but apart from that, the capabilities of e-ink is fascinating to me. The more and more I see it, the more and more I want it in technology. There yeah. are places I feel like it could be put, and it's just not. Anything that has uh, a graphic up on a screen a screen for a long period of time should be ink.
0: Yeah, of course, for energy. And the problem with e-ink, I think you hit the nail on the head. Is it has to be on there for a long time. The refresh rate is. It should have improved by now. They should be at higher refresh rates. They're getting Considering... better,
1: but they're not getting more detail.
0: Well, I've got the original Kindle, which came out in was it 2006? Maybe I'm I, not sure. I
1: don't know. <laughs>
0: And I've got a Kindle Oasis. And that's the top model now, the Oasis model. And apart from having a backlight and a higher resolution, there's not much difference.
1: The Kindle launched in November 2007.
0: Oh, so close. I remember the era, but not the exact year. Um, and, and that's what brought me over to it, actually, was the technology that to be able to have the e-ink. And their whole marketing ploy was, it's like reading a book, you know, you've got that ink of a book on a page, not like a screen.
1: Uh, Personally, that there are there are so many lo- uh, Have you? So this is going to sound really weird. I went to a Morrison's, and uh, <laughs> the newer Morrisons are getting these electric e-ink tags. So you take them out to a location, scan them, and they put the uh, oh, NFC right. chip in, and it updates it with the price and everything. That that is a really good use of tags, really, because it's only paper yay. tags that you're chucking away. Later on, why not just put them in a reusable system?
0: That's really interesting. Yeah.
1: And I want, it is my dream, and it will be something that Apple and every other company will never do. I want e ink watches.
0: Um, there was,
1: really? It was the pebble time, and uh, that wasn't technically e ink, it was still a LCD with no backlight. But I really want e ink displays because then that means my battery can last way longer but
0: have you seen the uh like apple watch ultra and i'm sure some of the fitbits as well they kind of refresh themselves every minute don't they now to save on a lot of battery and give you that ultra battery life (laughs) isn't that a good compromise you still get your color and your kind of
1: sharpness wait uh, here's the thing also like with newer development of ink technology the refresh rate has got faster it's still not very fast. I don't think it's even got close to 24 frames a second, Uh, but it does have color now. It's had color for quite a while now. Yeah. But it's just not like color accurate color, which is not what you want from paper anyway. So where can
0: you see this technology going then? If it's going to improve and it's going to kind of get into more pockets or in more houses, what, what form does it take?
1: I can see it being on billboards, uh, train station like information bar things uh yeah. see I, I had all the ideas of uh e-ink I just didn't note it down because I didn't think I would need to because I'm obsessed with ink
0: <laughs> I think it could be used <sighs> in a medical world actually um I could see where they have screens on all of the time to monitor people, and they don't necessarily need to refresh a lot um, in every situation. I think the, the killer function would be able to would be something that's able to switch between e ink and a regular type's LED screen.
1: So on the fly, there was a laptop released this year. Well, I think it was demoed, not released at uh, C... Is it C-E-X? I think it's yeah. C-E-X. CES, yeah. C-E-S, that was it. C-E-X is that shop. Um, C-E-S...
0: Uh, <laughs> Consumer Electronics Show.
1: Yeah. They they had it so on one side it was a normal screen, colour-accurate screen, and the other side it was ink, so you swap between the two modes. Yeah, I think I remember that. That is fascinating to me. Because in, but it's not there. What? what? <laughs> they need to
0: be in... It's, it's a... I think it's a step forward, but I think they need to be as one. And I know we can't imagine that being able to natively swap between different technologies, but that's where it's going to need to be.
1: I don't know if that would work because it's uh, e-ink is based by magnets uh, and yeah. uh, <coughs> ink capsules, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'd mess with LCD. It might do. I, I can for for the width. I can imagine it being there. That makes sense. I can I can imagine being layered on top of each other, but functioning. I don't know if that would work.
0: Apple
1: put a couple of billion into it. I'm sure it will happen soon. That's true. That could happen. Now, I have also got a, uh, a section in the intro because we talk so much. Well, I say we talk. I talk a lot about new apps.
0: And I listen a lot about your new apps.
1: Yeah. So I've decided we're opening Max App Corner. I don't know if that's going to have a jingle or anything, but we've got... Oh, wow. Yeah, we've got Max App Corner. So you don't have to hear me talk about it every other time. We just put it in the podcast now.
0: <laughs> cool. Okay. What have you got for me today then, Matt?
1: Cron. C-R-O-N. It's a calendar app that integrates with Google. Only Google. That's a shame. But it's a really good calendar app. They just released it for web only uh, so the places it's available is ios <laughs> mac os windows and uh browsers not available on android sadly which doesn't why do
0: they
1: always do that i have no idea
0: okay try me the name again i'm just searching App store right now
1: c-r-o-n so yeah you should search cron calendar to be fair i now use it for all my calendar needs Uh, I used to use uh, just normal Google calendar, which is okay. I just prefer this one because it's very easy to invite other people to your calendar and it uses shortcuts and shortcuts is always better. Yeah.
0: Until you have to remember a set of shortcuts per application. That is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't see it. It doesn't come up for me.
1: I I, I will show you next time I, I get the chance. Because uh, okay. it's on my computer. It's on uh, every device apart from my Android phone. <laughs> um, Why don't you switch? I, so I, I switched to Android because I was fed up with Apple anyway. Right. So I swapped uh, when the iPhone 6 came out because it was the most ugliest looking thing I've ever seen. And, yeah, I agree. And it was so flimsy and terrible. So I went to the Pixel 3a. Now, they, did, they didn't release anywhere near each other. 3a was like four, five years afterwards, I think. Yeah. But I I keep to a phone until it's dead. So the only yeah. f- the phones I have owned is the four, five, Pixel three A, and now I'm on the Nothing Phone one.
0: Okay, yeah, the Nothing Phone is is great, but it's still Android, and Androids a great OS. But when it comes to things like Cron, you're gonna have to wait in line. I, and I'm gonna tell you something. I know you're recommending your apps, but I've got an app for you.
1: Oh, okay. Do you like hold on
0: it's Eli's now. I got a notification today from a company called Arc.
1: Ah, you got you got the browser, the the Arc browser. And they've
0: got now they've got Arc for iPhone.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: <laughs> I haven't installed it, but I did think of you. Anyway,
1: carry on. What uh, what are you thinking of like um Arc?
0: Uh I tried it a couple of times. It's really slick. Um there's a whole learning curve though. I mean it looks amazing. It looks like it's very, um, it organizes your tabs and your history in an interesting way. Um, the shortcuts seem to work that I'm used to. So like my command and L's and things like that will work. Um, and command shift L works for bringing out, uh, the panel. I just have to get my head around using the left-hand side instead of the top. Mm.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I could get used to it being on the left-hand side either. I'm so used to all my tabs being on the top. It's kind of like uh, the Apple bookmarks menu. Actually, I don't think it's only Apple. I think quite a lot of browsers have the side bookmark menu. Yeah. I do want to go back (laughs) for a second though, because you were saying, I think Android is okay. (laughs) Let me correct you there. Android is awful. I don't like Android at all. Oh, really? I don't like it. It's one of the most overcomplicated UIs in my opinion. When the Apple UI is so nice, neat, and just good looking. Also, why did Google make it so every single app has to be circular? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Oh, it drives me insane with every app being circular. But yeah, I loved iPhone, uh, iOS. iOS looks beautiful and feels nice to use. It is the hardware that I don't like.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Like I'm, it's normally the other way around. For most most people you hear online are talking about the limitations of iOS and the walled garden, but you don't hear many complaints about the hardware normally.
1: I find that the walled garden makes Apple uh, Apple's operating systems just really nice. I know it is a real pain. It's why I don't record videos on Apple because yeah. if you try and capture a screen, you have to go and get this tool to capture audio and you got to get this, this tool to capture audio. Or you could use QuickTime because that's the easiest way. But then sometimes mm. you've got to live stream and screw that because they don't want you to live stream. But yeah, I... Well, they want you to pay for everything, they? Don't they? they do want you to pay for everything. But yeah, I I cannot get my head around android at all It is always confusing me. i've spent so much time i do you know that i listen to a podcast about organizing phone
0: i didn't know that but i'm not surprised
1: <laughs> i i listen to a podcast called cortex the inspiration for this podcast and yeah. um like they have a good free episodes i'm like watching from the beginning about how they organize their phone and it's so satisfying to me when i look at their phone and then i go to my phone and because it's bloody android it's horrific
0: (laughs) isn't that the beauty of android though you can make it as simple (sighs) as an iphone or as complicated as your windows os if you like
1: yeah that is true yeah windows is a much better in my opinion Uh, the the honest (laughs) thing is i i'm a person who uses everything but apple but wishes he was an apple person
0: well if you want to be an apple person you need to have that money and not just one time because you'll be buying forever and ever and ever and i want to get out
1: yeah i've been trying uh i've been thinking recently of buying a new laptop and the only reason why i haven't yet is one i need to sell something to get the money to buy a laptop and Mm -hmm. two i don't know what i'm going to go for because I have been uh, trying out new bits of technology. I've been trying out Apple devices. I quite like Apple's UI and the Mac, the M1. Cause yeah. uh, I know people that own it, including you. Um, of course. And I really, really like iPad. I've, I've never thought I would like Apple, uh, sorry, iPad, <laughs> but iPad is just so satisfying for planning and typing out work when you're not Working, you just sat there on your bed typing out a script or sat there on the sofa typing out a script.
0: It feels less formal, doesn't it? So it's yeah. almost like you can be tricked into doing something productive because it's fun, yeah. almost.
1: But there is a the problem that they're both Apple, and for me, Apple devices only have a lifespan of about three years before they start to feel slow and terrible, and it's because of Apple's marketing and <sighs> their their product's lifespan. It's just, it's just never good. Mm-hmm. They spend far too much time going, oh, look, this can last for ages. And then you end up feeling like it's very slow and you can't get any work done.
0: I disagree with that, Um, respectfully. I do think, I mean, I I just got rid of an iPad that I'd had for seven years. Um, I didn't get rid of it because it felt slow. Um, I got rid of it because it physically got broken by somebody. But I think if you buy at the top end with Apple stuff, it lasts for a long time. But what it is, is Apple things are so expensive that the majority of people buy the entry-level products and they don't last as long because the software just kind of, like you said, kind of they get killed after five or six updates or three or four updates in some cases. So it, the typical case with the old phones was you'd buy people buy the 16 meg or I can remember the 8 meg, iPhone because I bought that one. And of course, software updates got bigger, the phone got slower, people who bought the cheap one couldn't use it for as long as people who bought a more expensive one. The same with I remember when they made the um the entry level 12 inch MacBook and mm. loads of people bought it because it was cheaper and it was flat and it looked really cool. And it had this kind of weak Intel processor and I think it had eight gig of RAM and it just wasn't capable. And it had a 128 uh, uh, yeah and it had a 64 gig hard drive I think. Of course that's not going to last you eight to ten years. But if you would have bought at that time, I think it was 2016, I suppose. If you'd have bought the MacBook Pro then, the top end one, you'd probably still be using it right now.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure. Yet again, I, I'm an Apple skeptic. I'm looking forward to watching the Apple <laughs> event, the WWDC event that we just got oh, the date for too, today.
0: Too far away.
1: It's too far away, but the date came out today. And we've only got to wait two months. I don't know. I still don't know if we're getting an event next month. It's, I don't think so. I, I hope so, though. <laughs> We've got I to mean, have something.
0: What can it possibly be next month that they can't wait for until the 4th of June? Is it the 4th
1: of June? Uh, I thought it was the 7th. I don't know. I'll have to check Cron.
0: <laughs> Good one. I like that. But I, I can't imagine what they would release in the meantime. Everyone knows it's going to be their AR, VR solution. Yeah, probably I will discuss that later iOS, what is it now? Seventeen and macOS, wherever they choose to call it. Next. Uh, they just Mac released OS
1: a new Forest. iOS update this week, actually. Uh,
0: sixteen point four. Yeah, I'm yet to upgrade. I'm going to wait and
1: hear what people say. I, I don't know what features it adds in because I'm a, I'm an Android user. Uh, um,
0: twenty one new emojis apparently, which is I don't oh, need. Oh, very exciting! Emoji.
1: Monday the fifth <laughs> yeah. is the keynote event. Okay, the fifth. Um. Yeah. So with so the three options that I have is I go laptop, iPad, or we go for framework. Now okay. I believe I've discussed this company with you before.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah,
1: they had an event uh, the day that we were supposed to do the, this recording before. That's what i was okay. kind of excited that we go straight into talking afterwards. Yeah, but they announced a very graphically powerful one with a swappable. Uh, uh, GPU.
0: Yeah. I think that's really cool. That I mean, is really
1: cool. Uh, it's perhaps the best feature. And I just announced it straight away. Whoops. Um, you've got <laughs> audio modules, which I'm half and half on. It just means it's going to take up another space, but they did add these two more modules. Oh, I should, I should explain for anyone who doesn't know what framework is. They make, um, customizable laptops, really like, uh, instead of having to upgrade your entire laptop, <clears throat> Apple, every couple of years, <laughs> you instead just upgrade the motherboard. So, uh, when they first came out, I think it was, um, Intel generation 11. I think it was the first one they released under. And now you can go okay. 12, you can go 13 and you've not even got to replace your entire laptop. All you got so is do- completely
0: modular. Say again. So it's completely modular.
1: Yes. Entirely modular.
0: Okay.
1: It's just a modular, uh, little laptop
0: that's great long-term we're looking at sustainability um big companies like samsung and apple are always preaching about their recyclable materials but if they really wanted to take that seriously i think this is the way to go
1: yeah and yeah it it's not even lost any looks it still looks like a fairly nice laptop yeah and Apple is going to, I think, slightly fall behind if this market increases, which then means Apple's going to have to take it up. Because uh, the, the interesting thing about the company, is you can tell they're not targeting to be the only company out there making this technology. They're releasing the schematics out to everyone. You get uh, the CAD files for anything you want. You can build your own uh, modules for it. They're, right. they're absolutely open to everything. They've even, I think, already sold stuff to... Um, oh, one of the laptop companies to make their own laptop. So it, this technology is already encouraging other companies and that's what's important about this company. It's not the fact that it's, it's producing its own stuff is the fact it's encouraging other companies to take the same route.
0: Yeah. Here's the thing though. Do they need to be mainstream in terms of sales to exist?
1: No. Or can they
0: exist being a very small niche company?
1: I think they can exist. Oops, sorry.
0: Because if they can't exist being a small niche company, um, then it's kind of pointless because people won't make these modules for it, you know, because they won't see the financial gain in it. So it really does have to take off mainstream. And looking at a mainstream audience, most people, my mum just wants to pick up a laptop and if it doesn't work, she wants to buy a new one or take it to the shop. If it gets too slow... She doesn't want to say, mm, "Is my CPU out of date, or do I need a new GPU to be able to render these things faster?" It's very technical, even yeah. if it is just click out, click in.
1: Um, I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that with modern day, uh, current generation us. Though what we're currently at, but if you look at like Walkmans when they yeah. broke. You fixed them. You didn't take them to someone oh, to yeah, fix. You fixed sure. them. So I think we've lost that kind of culture of building our, uh, <laughs> fixing our own equipment.
0: Oh yeah, repair culture's gone. I was speaking to someone about this the other day. So I grew up in the 80s, early 90s, and um, down one of the road, the main road that I lived adjacent to, there was an electronics shop. And the old guy in there would welcome people in. He talked to them about how to fix their gear in town. There were two more electronic shops on the same road and people would just visit these places weekly. Even if the things weren't, I, I used to visit even though my VHS wasn't broken just to get tips on how to get things fixed. And there was a culture of fix it. Um, now there's, as you said, a culture of replace it.
1: Yeah. I think that is a shame though. And I think it's all because of the phone market. I think the phone market is the main area you see at star. If you remember like with early Android phones, they had swappable batteries.
0: Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> that that well, went. Well, that came from the original, not from the original, but from the kind of second generation of mobile phones, let's call it. Um, so uh, the Nokia 5110 was the first Big mobile phones really popularized them amongst young people. And it had the button off for battery on the back. And I remember with friends, we'd say, oh, my battery's running low. let me borrow yours for a minute. And we'd swap batteries. So that carried over into the smartphone market. Do you imagine
1: Imagine how much more helpful that would be now, though? Yeah. Being able to swap batteries would be amazing.
0: It was great. I remember it. And, and it wasn't even a... Thing you'd think was abnormal because you could swap batteries in any device you had. Every device was swappable because you had AA batteries in your Discman and everyone else had AA batteries in their Discman. So it wasn't something to consider. we all got Nokias, we can all swap batteries.
1: That does remind me also that the framework does also have a swappable battery.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that should be the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, you know, the big manufacturers, Razer, Apple, um, who are some of the other ones? Help me out here. Um, L- laptop
1: manufacturers, Dell. Uh, um, I have Alienware, because that's directly in front of me, although that's owned by Dell, so that's the same company. Um, well, they
0: they should include these things as standard, really. Removable batteries. And they can sell the batteries if they want, for as much as they want. I don't see the problem.
1: Yeah. We should probably move on to the, sec- uh, onto the first subject, because we- uh, we're at 23 minutes, and we haven't even gone to the first subject. Whoops.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, damn it. No, I did miss something. Ah, it won't matter. Um, so before that, we started recording the episode, we started talking a bit about shorts as well. And uh, this is because both me and you have now tried shorts uh, as a, a way of advertising our channels. Yeah. And I find it is the best way now to advertise the channel. I'm trying multiple different ways at the same time to advertise this channel that you're currently listening to it on. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I I, think shorts might be the way forward. And as much as I'd like to deny that, because I'm I'm a firm hater of TikTok, but yeah. YouTube shorts is a really good way to get people's attention.
0: Yeah. And, and it helps that YouTube have a vested interest in pushing everybody just just because they need the sheer amount of content to compete.
1: Yeah. yeah I've, so, I'm sorry. Go, you, go no, ahead.
0: you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say with um, the statistics, I I paid a lot of attention to the statistics this time on that. And I only only got 230 um, people who watched it for the full uh, length of time. But there were Uh, 2.6K people who had it come up on their feed and swipe past it. uh, And that can be anywhere, I believe, under 15 seconds. So they've watched a couple seconds of it.
0: Is that an impression? Is that, labored, is that how they're labelling that? Yes.
1: So the, um, okay. the, when it says viewers, that's kind of the people who watched it for the longest. Okay. But no matter what, there's going to be people who watched it. Otherwise anyone who gets it will just be instantly seeing it. Uh, right. And okay. Towards your statistics. And YouTube don't want you to be getting more money.
0: Of course. Yeah. So there must be a, a second sort of limit. Maybe if they listen for more than 15 seconds, it counts as a view or something like that. Or a percentage of your video, maybe. I
1: don't
0: know. I mean, it can't be a percentage, right? Because then everybody would just make shorter videos.
1: Yeah, that is true. And (laughs) it was kind of uh, how YouTube started, I believe. People would make, uh, because it was per subscriber, then it went per viewer, then it was per viewer per time. (laughs) Because so many people were just uploading small videos, tons of people were watching it, and then they were getting paid a lot of money for what was a tiny effort video.
0: Well, this is the current, uh, streaming model for music. And that's the argument that streamings over the last 10 years has effectively changed the way music is composed because composers, record labels, um, anyone involved in the creation of music have realized that a short song makes the same amount of money per play as a really long song. So you're, we're starting to get songs that are a minute and a half long because people will listen to a minute and a half song three times because they like it. But if that same song was extended over three minutes, they might only listen to it once or twice.
1: Within this topic, we have the topic that we talked about last time. So I, I I titled this topic content creator and AI finish because we can't stop talking about AI and it's happening a lot at the moment. Yeah. And I want to talk about how we've been using it since the last time we did this episode. Cause last time I think, I had only just discovered how powerful it is and how much fun it is to use. Mm. Now I've had the chance to actually use it towards productivity and uh, helping me with equipment, uh, equipment, with producing content. Mm. My main example is I have been using it to help me script write, and that is amazing for script writing.
0: Okay, so exactly how are you using it? Is is it creating scripts from scratch
1: for you or? So my, uh, new process, I'm going to call the, ed, uh, the AI co-writing process. What I do is I write my script. I then give it my script. I give chat GPT. I should specify that my, my script and tell it to increase on any, uh, to improve on any parts it deems unnecessary. Uh, well it okay. deems necessary to change. Uh, I will then take that script and then compare it to my last, uh, the script I wrote, and I'll possibly take chunks out of it, rewrite parts to fit better because that one suggests, uh, that sounded better on that one, but it's not exactly what I want. So it's kind of like so- fitting a puzzle together and then rewriting a- extra bits to fit those puzzle bits.
0: What you're doing then is you're using AI as a collaborator rather yes. than a, an originator. And I think that's a quite a healthy way to use it because... Actually, in a creative industry, you have to collaborate. And what that's doing is cutting out the need to find another person. But that AI is still taking direction from you. You're not the, the follower in that collaboration.
1: I should also specify this is in no way replacing a scriptwriter. I am just a terrible scriptwriter. If you've ever watched any of my past content, I spend so much time and effort writing a script for it to not sound good. So to have an AI to help me write this and get it exactly right is amazing. In my personal opinion, I can't hire a uh, a script writer to fix my mistakes.
0: But also, uh, and I'm coming from a background where I collaborate a lot. I worked in recording studios for years and I've had to master the art of collaborating with somebody or working for somebody and encouraging them but also being quite firm and trying to get what I need out of people. If I hire a musician, for example, and telling them, you know, to do it my way without hurting their feelings, you don't have to worry about hurting an AI's feelings when you're collaborating with it.
1: But is that a good thing?
0: No, but it's, it feels, it makes the job a lot easier. And we are people who like to take the shortest route to the same result. That's true.
1: I, uh, I do find AI terrifying. I have to put that out there. Although it's an incredibly useful tool that I am using a lot, I have to admit I might be using it a bit too much. But right. I think it is ter- dangerous, and I, I, I agree. Yes, but the main I, thing that I, I would point out is: recently on the BBC News, there was a um, article about. Steve Wozniak and Elon Musk. We can forget about Elon Musk. Steve Wozniak being worried about AI is, I think, a sign that maybe we should slow down a bit of what's happening there. I mean, it's only taken about eight months to become a mainstream thing now. Yeah. You, you may talk.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, Steve Wozniak uh, was part of the, the the journey that got us here. So I'm sorry, I can't listen to you now because you started us on this path. Just because you're not directly involved now. Okay. Um, It is, I hear hear what you're saying about mainstream. It's not mainstream. It's available to everybody, but it's not mainstream. The majority of computer users have no interest in in an AI. And I think in a, we do run the risk of thinking everybody is in an education setting where everyone's a creative. Most people don't have a use for it. And when it's going to get dangerous to me, is when they make you use it so it becomes part of your job world or it becomes part of your everyday life to get yourself ready for school or for work or whatever mm. we're not there yet i am using it i still feel dirty when i use ai Agreed. i don't use it when i open ai i think i hope nobody can see me using this because it does feel <laughs> a little bit like you're
1: cheating are you a movie buff looking for a fun and engaging podcast to listen to look no further than screen free Join host Simon, Pat, and me as we sit down and discuss the latest movies we have been watching. From blockbusters to stuff we found on streaming services, we cover it all. Humour, insight, and genuine love for art of cinema. But Screen Free isn't just about reviews and opinions. We also delve into deeper themes and messaging behind the movies we watch, as well as just having a little bit of fun. So whether you're a casual moviegoer or a hardcore cinephile, Screen Free has something for everyone. Tune in today and join the conversation. Screen Free is available at all major podcasting platforms, so be sure to uh, subscribe and never miss an episode. I'll make sure.
0: But um, one place I am using it, and as a creative, I'm really embarrassed to say, I'm not sure if I said this on the last pod, but my wife and I have been looking for, to commission some art for our kitchen
1: for a long time. We've oh, you nice using AI whi- art to generate art for your kitchen. Yeah, we've
0: got a nice big white space and it's up to my wife what she wants. She cannot communicate what she's looking for because she doesn't really know. So we've been using mid journey every so often to try and create different versions of what she sees or what she thinks she wants to see. And eventually oh, I, oh. we're going to get that printed out in you know, proper printers at high resolution and get it mounted and put it on the wall. I and do, I'm embarrassed uh, to say that I'm going to do that.
1: I do think you're walking like a very small tightrope there. That is just on the edge of being slightly controversial in like the, the AI world.
0: Oh, I know it's completely controversial because not only am I using AI, which is probably borrowing from all sorts of artists, I'm actually denying artists that I know the opportunity to, to work.
1: Could, I know. You, could you use it to direct an artist?
0: Would that be offensive? I mean, as a creative myself and the client tells me to do something like the AI, I, I think I'd just say, just use the AI. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're 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 very uh yeah feeble people. We're we're very sensitive us creatives. I find it hard enough for a client to give me notes, uh, let alone uh, AI notes.
1: I, I I guess that is a, yeah, it's a hard subject in a way.
0: Mm. But we have to. It doesn't matter. Uh, even even with you at your age, it doesn't matter what we think because it's not for this generation we are adopting to it. It's for the natives, the people who grow up from birth with AI as a tool, just as I grew up from birth with a bicycle as a tool. It's for them.
1: For me, that would be the iPhone. Yeah. So. Um, Yeah. yeah. I, with my documents, anything that I've had, even like remotely tiny a bit written from (laughs) an AI, because I'm worried about what the future could, tell for AI I'm writing mm. at the top of the document this use chat GPT. okay because I, I don't want like anything in the future to catch me up and go ah you used AI on this time that's not allowed anymore yeah all right fine I want to just make could... show make sure I have all my areas just covered
0: <laughs> I could see a future where that happens it could be like yeah, I could definitely see that someone might start a career now and become really successful in 10 years 15 years and then this whole culture comes where we're shaming people who've used AI and then it's used to kind of, you know, cancel that person. I can see that.
1: So I'm just trying to back myself up by already saying, yep, I've used it. It's here. I'm not (laughs) hiding it. Yeah. (laughs) Even, um, like yesterday I, I've been typing up for years. This, I've been, this is going to sound incredibly exciting. I've been doing content terms and conditions for press red because I don't okay. I don't want anyone to get caught out on press red for anything bad. So I'm getting. I've been typing these rules up for years and I've never been able to get the wording right. I just went okay, screw it. I'm giving it to the AI. You write the whole document. And it did. It wrote the whole document. I have no I can't say I did anything with that document. Yeah, I did it. So
0: what would he, what would a prompt to say like rewrite this legalese, British legalese or something like that or I
1: Although I'd written the whole document in the past, I just decided to use the titles and give it the titles. And anytime it kind of screwed up on that section, I would only retype that title and say, can you regenerate this bit, please? And until I got Um, it with like like a list underneath of what prompts I wanted to add in. Like a a big section I wanted to add in was the difference between swearing and um, uh, uh, slurs. Because they're two okay. different subjects, but some most of the time they get grouped t- together and I wanted them separately to define that one's uh, swearing is allowed if um, mentioned before, but slurs are 100% not allowed on the channel.
0: Yeah. Oh, and and it, it wrote that up in, in kind of proper kind of terms.
1: Yes. I told you to write it in a document styled way, an official document yes, styled way.
0: That's great. Imagine like the legal side of things. If you're a small time... Uh, imagine you want to manage uh, writers, or you want to manage talent. You can get contracts drawn up instantly.
1: You know, and I you believe, can tweak them depending uh, on
0: what what you need.
1: I believe there's a, a lawyer AI already out there that's solved one lawyer uh, situation. There you go. So, yeah, slightly interesting. I've also been using AI for generating uh, YouTube titles because. That is one of the biggest pains with YouTube. I end up most of the time just sitting there trying to come up with ideas. And for Screen Free, or used to be known as That Was a Movie, that is my biggest failure because those titles were terrible.
0: Right, yeah. So it's great. It's great for that. Yeah, I I have done that that myself too.
1: And with um, Google integrating, YouTube integrating a sort of its own version of it already into it is amazing.
0: Yeah, you said that before, and I don't know where that's hidden.
1: Uh, For me, it's not. Maybe it's only for certain uh, people. You know how they do that? um, Yeah, stage, staged, um, phase release. Yeah, yeah, phase release. So it could be one of those.
0: I think where AI needs to go next, and I think it will. I know we've looked at, or we've been introduced to Chat GPT or GPT four. It needs to be able to take content. So, for example. I know it can take GPT-4 can take photographs and analyse them but if I could throw in my podcast even if it's just the audio and it listens to it and then I say look generate a title for this podcast or split this into four parts and give me a title for each part
1: that's where it needs to go I have bad news for you that'd be amazing it already exists
0: where i need to find that right now i don't now. <laughs>
1: remember the name of it i just remember uh i was listening to an episode of cortex and uh, one of them mentioned that you can generate uh, there's an ai that can generate a script out of what everyone said and then someone got that script and put it into another ai and that one generates titles based on the script
0: based on the conversation yeah. that is what we need yeah and i thought it, it can't be far away because youtube translates everything you do into subtitles anyway transcribes yeah. sorry so yeah, I knew we were one step away. That's what I need. Challenge, find what it's called and have it by the next episode.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll go looking for it. Excellent. Here is a really, really interesting thing. Programming in, with ChatGPT. My dad does programming for, um, <laughs> I don't think I can probably disclose that. We'll, we'll just forget that. That never happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he does programming. Okay. And he's been using chat GBT to help him program. Uh, like last Is he concerned? I, uh, I don't know. I'd have to go and ask him. I think, I think it's a half and half concern situation. Okay. He's, he, he's enjoying, enjoying using it mostly. Our entire family in the last week has started just using chat GBT for fun. Okay. And yeah, he's been using it today for helping him uh, program specific things. If, if, he did say he finds it; it's, it kind of replaces uh, having a personal assistant that you don't have to get distracted by. You tell it a thing; yeah. you can be mean to it, and it does exactly yeah. what you want it to. Still,
0: that's exactly what we said. Yeah.
1: yeah. But what's very interesting is Copilot AI, a Copilot X AI. This is if you ever heard of GitHub. Yeah. Uh, which is owned by Microsoft. This is their own uh, a- application that you're going to get. Oh, I just saw you clicked on it. Uh, really, um, yep, me. I'm searching it up. Um, it's now an AI that can be integrated with Visual Studio Code, a programming tool that generates uh, programming uh, generates scripts based on what you tell it, whether it's voice or typed. No way.
0: Yeah. So you can ask generic questions. It says here and it will just kind of help you with your code.
1: Yes. Now, no. what okay. I am interested in, I have always wanted to do programming, but I absolutely suck at it. I usually spell every single word wrong or forget a specific, usually the smallest details. I can get the most of script. I just forget the smallest details and, This AI would be amazing for that. But for me, I want to know how to make a website and I can tell it. I want to make a podcasting website to host everything I've got, uh, host all the podcasts I've got locally with its own RSS feed instead of using a a different subscription service. That's a slight hint (laughs) of what I've been planning for this year.
0: Wow. The world we live in. That is, I mean, I, I, it makes me smile, but, it just makes me think of all of those jobs, both big and small that are going to be replaced.
1: That is true. It's going to replace so many jobs. <laughs> I love the yeah. fact that a couple of years ago, we all kind of went, nah, robots, uh, all those, uh, doubt, people who hate, uh, uh, robots and stuff they they, they're just miserable. And then they went for the creative uh, community and they went, Oh bugger. Um, whew, what are we going to do now?
0: I mean, we, we kind of saw it. Um, in the last revolution with machines in, in factories. But what's quite funny is we thought that those roles were going to disappear and they changed. They didn't disappear. Uh, yeah. And now when AI comes to take these kind of, uh, these more intellectual roles, I suppose the non-physical roles, we might end up all going back to doing physical roles that AI will probably, or robots will probably never be able to do. Yeah. Interesting.
1: We, sh- uh, I, co-pilot AI is going to be, really fascinating when that gets released my uh my dad's already signed up for it so i'm gonna have to ask by via him what it's like i have not yeah. signed up for it i have signed up okay. for google ai's uh, bernard which is the worst name i have ever heard for an ai why does I've nobody got nobody call got it, it, it. it you got it
0: it's great it's great it good? i got it uh two days no yesterday i think it was i got it it's amazing it's <laughs> fast um it seems to be more accurate and it's a bit more transparent than GPT It's great. Um, I really like it. In fact, I think it's, I think I'll probably use that more than next time I need something more than
1: GPT. Isn't that slightly worrying though? Cause then we're going back to Google again.
0: I know. I know. And that's, that's the, the advantage of Google have is all of the power they have to, to make it just happen quickly. And it just feels because sometimes as you know, in chat, GPT, you go on at a long time a day. I got it. You've, You've got it now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just checked. Sorry.
0: I think, I think they've done a wave of kind of releases yesterday, I guess, because I got it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great.
1: I am. I'm going to have to test that now because I, I I think I checked yesterday and I, I didn't have it. So that that's a new thing. <laughs> we can go on to uh the final subject now. Okay. We got the Apple talk. <laughs> Yay. Apple
0: talk.
1: Even though we really? talked a little bit about Apple in other sorts of topics, but forget that we're on Apple talk.
0: Where do we start?
1: I don't know, really. I think well, it's more predicting. What do we think will be announced this year?
0: Um, well, I think we all know the AR is coming or the VR, whatever it is they do. Uh,
1: the yeah, AR I, 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 that has to ha- come out this year. I think they're pushing for it too hard to, to be a well, mixed uh, to, reality headset. Yeah.
0: Um, I think we're getting that. I think we're getting a new type of Apple watch. Maybe not in, in June, maybe in October. Um, and I think we're going to get the Mac pro in June.
1: Wait, uh, the Mac pro not a MacBook pro?
0: No, no. The Mac pro. I think it's time. They initially said two years. Um, then they gave a hint that the Mac pro is next a little while ago. And I think, I think it's time.
1: I, I don't think the Mac pro is a viable option anymore
0: it's not for, you know, maybe not for post houses and people that need the power, but I, I, sorry, I think it's going to be for like post houses and big production companies because the, uh, what's the Mac mini type one they brought out? The Mac studio. The Mac studio was, if you look at the marketing, it was towards freelancers and independent producers of content. And they're going to market this one towards kind of industry.
1: That's where it's going to go. I, I uh, for me, the, the Mac Studio, uh, sorry, the Mac Pro was not even in my scopes of what could come out this year. I, I, I thought that was dead as soon as the Mac Studio came out because the Mac Studio is so powerful and yet so tiny. I don't know how they could top that up. But I mean, did you not I mean, see the announcement for that though? I, I did not see the announcement for that. So whatsoever.
0: when they announced the Mac, the video's still out. When they announced the Mac Studio at the end, the, um, I can't remember who it was. One of the software guys said, so that, Gives us the M one, the M two, the Ultra, the blah blah blah, and he said that just that just leaves one more thing, the Mac Pro, and then they left it like that.
1: Did they? I I watched that live live stream. Where I didn't even notice that.
0: Yeah, go back. So it's it's coming.
1: <sighs> I, I I was probably being too cynical at the time and joking. That's what I do with every live stream. I sit there and go, "Where's the analyst? You say you compared this against this, but what is that? Uh, yeah. But there." Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that at all. I think the most obvious thing is obviously the iPhone because I do it every year. Or do I think the iPhone system is going to change this year?
0: I hope so. It's iOS seventeen. They'll show in June, right? Yeah. I hope something. What do you want from iOS
1: seventeen? Uh a reason for me to come back.
0: <laughs> I want iPad differentiation. Um, especially now that I've got a bigger iPad. So I've got the 13 inch pro or the 12.9 pro and it still feels like the smaller pro and it still feels like the iPhone. So I would like a bit of differentiation. I know they've tried, but they haven't really gone for it yet. I feel like I'm wasting my screen.
1: What I would want, right. Is I want them to bring back the, the smallest phone. I want them to have a mid range phone. And then I want them to have a creator pro phone.
0: Okay.
1: That's all I want from this year. Because they they released far too many phones. I think it's, what, five a year? Five, like, different generations. they got right, the Pro, yeah. Pro Max, or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember all the names of the different phones. They should... There they are sh- a lot. Yeah, they should be the mini one for anyone who wants a slightly chunkier phone that's smaller because I keep using my dad's phone. He's got the last small phone. And, my God, it's weird to be able to f- reach the top <laughs> of the display.
0: Is that the 12, 12 mini?
1: I think so. And, yeah, it, they're great. It's really good. I don't know why they killed it off. Then you need sales. This, you need the mid-range phone that everyone's going to buy. Mm-hmm. The phone that is the correct size with the correct amount of bloody cameras. Even though I only want one, please just give me one camera. It looks so ugly. It's like you've given a spider to me and then flattened <laughs> it. Uh, and then you want or something that I think they've been hinting towards for a while is a creator-focused phone. Because they've got all that movie pro stuff and uh, uh, being able to tell where everything is, uh, like distance wise, be so So useful for any creator. Is
0: this iPhone Ultra that I keep seeing schematics leaked around about? Probably, yeah. Right. Okay. I could see that. I mean, uh, I think Apple in particular, but maybe Samsung too, are at this crossroads where they're going to test the everyday consumer and see how much they can get them to spend because they broke the thousand dollar thousand pound barrier and they seem to have gotten away with it. Um, oh, have you seen the price just, of the AR? Free grand.
1: Yeah, I know it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I think they're going to reach a point where they lose consumers because it does get to a point where people start to look at a company and say, you're taking it too far. You're taking the mic. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're, And I think that's what's going to happen. And I think The majority of consumers are happy with what phones can do now. And I wouldn't be surprised if everyone goes for entry-level phones because entry-level phones in 2023 are what premium phones were in 2019. And they were good enough then.
1: I do have a weird theory. And I think it's both going to be wrong and right at the same time. So my theory is that we're not going to get the AR headset this year. We're going to get the development kit AR headset. That sounds realistic, yeah. Because think about it, with the whole price and how expensive the whole thing is, it's going to be 3000 The only people who are going to be able to afford that are higher-up companies or developers making stuff for it. So I think yeah. this year is the year that they release the developer kit, and then uh, next year, the year after, will be when they release the cheaper thing. Plus, this gives them the excuse to go, Oh, um, it's not finished. <laughs> yeah. It's not finished. The price isn't, um, for everyone and then you can fix it. And if people do agree with that price and the people start buying that AR kit, then they go, Oh, I guess we can keep that price. I think of oh, it yeah. more of a tester this year, less of the full product being released.
0: Yeah. I, I think you have, you have, that's a really good shout. I think that's probably what's going to happen. They done it before. When they brought the M1 out, right? So yeah, they let people test it, and they kind of got some reaction from the public, and they still had that bit of protection, that buffer to make any changes they needed. So yeah,
1: yeah, I could it, see they that they did release the M1 uh, developer kit, so people could start porting their applications yeah. to it when it it's released.
0: A14 it was, wasn't it? The developer kit, yes, it wasn't quite M1, but that's not going to stop me wanting it anymore.
1: <laughs> I mean. Yeah.
0: If Apple came out with a three thousand pound mixed reality headset and a really good interest free credit plan, <laughs> I think people would get it,
1: yeah, but this still gives them the excuse to go, "Oh, it's not the final product," which I think yeah. is the best way to go for this, but will yeah, Apple do we, it
0: They will, they will It's insiders and people who have left the company in the last couple of years have all confirmed it's it's been in development for years, so it's going to come out.
1: Yeah, but we've also had that for um, the Apple car. It's coming. Yeah, I agree. It is probably coming In this some year. form
0: or fashion, whether it's the kind of the brains of it that can be sold off to every manufacturer or a physical car, they're not going to, they've put that money in to develop it. I think it comes.
1: I was. I think we've, to, see, we've
0: you, seen some of the Apple car already, right? So we've seen um, the car play.
1: Well, yeah, we've seen the, the software behind it, but we never saw the actual car get released. Yeah. I think... Um, Uh, Actually, I was listening to a podcast today, which I do a lot. Um, Okay, and they were talking about using the Meta Pro thingy for meetings, Mm -hmm. and they said it's really good for meetings. So I'm uh, interested now in that meeting aspect of it because I can imagine lessons being taught like that. Because apparently, you uh, although you may disagree with this as a teacher yourself. I f- think that might be the best way to keep people's focus for those who don't want to come into college. Cause I know there's a lot I've heard from other, uh, my mum, who's also a teacher. Yeah. She has problems where her, student, her students don't come in because they're shy or they just don't want to come in. This yeah. re- eliminates that. This is in the far future because AR is too expensive now, but this could eliminate yeah. the, that possibility of people not coming in. And if you have AR yeah. that doesn't, Ah, I'll let you speak and we'll go on for too long Go.
0: No, I agree. And I think your mum's right. However, and there's always a however, even if it's down the line, there is still a cost and that will create what we call digital poverty, like access to technology away from the school. And the last time I checked, school was free in this country. And so as <laughs> beneficial as it will be, it would create a barrier to learning, which would then bring up the question of fairness. And when schools are investigated or inspected, sorry, not investigated,
1: by Ofsted
0: and (laughs) uh, and, uh, whatever organisation exists in 10 years, if Ofsted doesn't, that question of access to learning and fairness will always come up. So I don't know, but what I do know is we've just had two meta quests arrive in our technician's office this week and I'll be testing them very soon.
1: Now have you? Mm. Uh, it's a secret, you know now. What about uh the what if like you know how Chrome makes the Chromebooks? What if we get like the Chromebook AR like in the future. Which yeah, is, like, that's a solution. Two, one.
0: Um, but that would require students to come in.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. I I do see the many problems now in it
0: Um you know, th- there might be a way around it. Maybe if Google get it, um, get the one that kind of blows up, they might pull a stunt like Every child gets one for free. That's how it would work. And I can imagine a company like that doing it.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Um, I don't, I've got nothing else to say about that.
0: <laughs> Those things happen, you know. Um, it's like handing out free samples of drugs, isn't it?
1: I do think, uh, yeah. <laughs> I do think there's <laughs> a, a slight problem with AR, though, is the fact it requires, at the moment you give it permission to look at your eyes and mouth. And that's just more data being given to these companies that Mm -hmm. we've already provided with so much data. And now we're giving them data of our face again.
0: Have you got a ring doorbell?
1: No. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because I'd say 40% of the doors I walk past do. And there's an option when you get your ring doorbell to say, yes, recognize people's faces and name them. Or no. And I've said no, but I can't imagine most people would read that. You know how setups are next, yeah. next, next, next. So I think, yeah, there'll be people like you who wouldn't like it. But again, we're the minority.
1: There we is, really There there is one like huge, crucial bit of security in my room that's broken. And it's the fact that I have a, a Google home assistant in my room, which I will agree with you. I don't like the idea of this. I probably yeah. shouldn't have it in my room. But my god is it easy to wake up uh, and get out of bed and just say um insert here open yeah. uh turn on my desk turn on the light in the room and put it in this specific mode for the day. So it's going to be one together that. Yeah, convenience. Conquers
0: the consumer at all cost. Convenience will always conquer the consumer. Um the price is not hardly ever a barrier. People will spend the money to have convenience.
1: Yeah. I, we've gone through all the subjects and we've still got about five minutes left. What are we going to do now? End it here or carry on?
0: Uh, oh, we we stopped something short earlier. What was it? Oh, have uh, you seen, have you seen um, a bit quick tech that I've just been listening uh, about today is Sony's new vlogging camera.
1: Yes. These uh, ze Oh, full frame. Yeah, the full frame vlogging camera. Oh, I watched a video about it from Potato Jet. Oh, what what's, was it called?
0: I don't remember the model number, but it looks incredible. Now, this is a really good example of how smartphones have inspired and not just inspired, but lit a fire under the backsides of traditional camera manufacturers. Sony have clearly paid attention to what's going on and taken the best of photography, full frame sensors and included some kind of really smart features that make it a, a lot more accessible to the masses yeah and it's too grand. it's too grand i mean it sounds like a lot of money but really two grand for a compact full sensor super duper smart camera i think
1: is gonna do really well it is called the zoni zv e1 and i agree i think it's a really interesting camera i wouldn't buy it though
0: I'm I'm seriously considering it. It's called the E1. It's calling me. It's like the Eli's one.
1: Ah. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason why I wouldn't buy it, I find I don't like the look of it. Uh, The the footage to come out of the camera, I don't like the look Mm -hmm. of it. I know you can spend the time to get it the way you want it to be, but I do kind of like the challenge of having an overcomplicated device and that just really simplifies it. I mean, you can even uh open uh, there's i think there's a button that just drops the iso and increases the iso to what it thinks (laughs) is correct
0: yeah it's like a a cinematic kind of mode or something it's got right so it it puts your aspect ratio to a cinematic type aspect and then it kind of adjusts everything to give you like the bokeh and the (sighs) background and stuff
1: it might be a really good starter camera for anyone who's Uh, Well, I I say starter camera, it's still like £2,000. So it's a good start of a camera for someone who is getting into content creation but doesn't have, um, who doesn't want to use their phone anymore.
0: Yeah. And it's, I I like Sony. I like the system. I I know the menus are really complicated, um, but I like the logs on it. It's great. And I think that is the next evolution. The focus system is second to none and they've improved this one even more. And that's what I'm most excited about.
1: Uh, there's something um, about how the image that comes out that I don't like at the moment. And I can't figure out what it is. I think for me, it's a bit too sharp, but yet again, I right. believe that can all be fixed.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. They are really, there's some over sharpening, especially um, like if you're shooting in lower light, but just get good light.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And the the situations I saw it in were harsh conditions for any camera to go through. So I, I guess it gets a free pass there. I'm kind of skeptical of it, but I also can see the really uh, the the good uses this camera can give.
0: I'm gonna try and put it on our um, our list for equipment to buy for the college and see if how quickly it gets rejected.
1: Oh, I, wow. I would <laughs> that'd be quite funny because I like the Blackmagic camera that I've been mm-hmm. using. Mm It's very, very fun and entertaining. It's overcomplicated and half the time it takes me twice as long to do anything, but that's the excitement of using it. The only thing I don't like about that Blackmagic camera is the fact that instead of being able to delete footage, you have to completely format the card again. That's not true. Well, when I searched up how to delete footage online, that was all that came up. I even used chat GPT yet again afterwards. And it said, the only thing you can do is format it.
0: Uh, you just take the card out, put it into a PC.
1: Oh, you gotta be kidding me. No. <laughs>
0: and delete the file. <laughs> no.
1: I well, uh, uh, I should say that Sony's, if I was to buy a camera, I wouldn't buy Canon because I just don't like the look of both how the camera, uh, the camera looks or the, the, the colors that come out of the Canon. I would love to get a Sony a seven S free, but my God, they're expensive. So I'd probably go for what you, you've got the Sony a 6400.
0: Yeah. They're my babies.
1: They are my babies. I still haven't uh, brought it, even though you suggested like a really good website to get it through.
0: I will take one of them or I'll take one of them into college if you like. And you can, you can, uh, you can have a first person test. Ooh. Okay, Cool. I think you will like it, especially you like shooting at higher frame rates. I think
1: you will enjoy it. Oh yeah, what frame rate does this shoot at? Like, what's the highest it can shoot at? Uh,
0: Two forty, I believe. At okay, ten eighty.
1: So uh, around yeah. about the same as the Black Magic. I think it was two. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, no, nowhere near it. My brain got confused then, because I think uh, the 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 Black Magic can shoot one twenty fps. I think. Uh, at 1080 or lower at 2.6k and they won't do it for 1080 okay which i do not understand
0: it's probably some sort of limitation of the process or overheating or some rubbish i don't know
1: Oh, okay probably anyway we should probably wrap up but before we wrap up i want to mention one more thing and it's something that will mean absolutely nothing to you i spent about half the day today setting up a reddit for this podcast as a tester because i've heard it's a really good way to get people a uh, community going for a podcast so anyone who wants to join it we're on r slash uh funk uh podcast my screen just turned off f-u c- well, well i actually can't remember it uh yeah Saw that bit again f-u uh f-u-n-c pod that is the the um, reddit page go to there and you can go and start talking to the community about this podcast I will be there I don't know if I can convince Eli probably not he'll probably stay what? away from that but I'll be there
0: I'll be there as soon as you explain what reddit
1: is to me. I don't understand it either I've been trying to understand it the entire today it's the first time I've, properly, I've had like a reddit account for three years and <laughs> I have never done anything with it I go on <laughs> it and go there's a lot of information on the screen at once and then just back out and go back to Twitter or now Mastodon.
0: I thought Reddit was just an instruction manual online.
1: (laughs) No, It's uh, it's everything, isn't it? It's kind of just a a location that anyone starts talking about a topic. It's just a bunch of of form pages, really. Form. I should specify that. Form. Nothing else. Right, there we go. Now, uh, Now I've got that out of the way, let's do the outro. You can check out Eli's work on his YouTube channel, at where WTKA or follow me on at Mac Blair at Mastodon UK. That always gets really hard to say, but one day I'll get used to it. You can send your questions to us on Twitter or on the Reddit page at PressRedPod. Thank you for listening to this episode of Functions. We'll see you next time.
0: Goodbye. Bye.